Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
Peora, who just um, uh, struggled, didn't get a didn't get a lot of playing time this year in Westry, who redshirted after um, you know uh, having some complications or you know struggling to get back to full speed after preseason knee surgery. Uh, so neither one of those players really able to to help Auburn the way that either they or Bruce Pearl and and, and Auburn fans uh, had hoped or expected that they would. And and this is last week we talked to Sonny Smith, and he he talked about the movement in the transfer portal uh, or the movement in, in college basketball. How many teams have uh, added veterans or, or how many? Players have switched schools numerous times in their careers and how it's very different from when he was coaching or even even a couple of years ago. And uh, the, the, thing that, uh, the, the thing that seems to be driving this, and, and you can point to NIL too, but the thing that seems to be driving it now more than anything else is a desire for playing time, mm-hmm. right? And you look, and, and Auburn had two freshmen who, for whatever reason and possibly for different reasons, didn't play very much. In, oh, oh in, definitely in, for different reasons. Yeah, didn't didn't play very much in this past season. And Auburn, I mean, think about the times Bruce Pearl has taken advantage of the fact that there were freshmen who didn't like how much they played and decided to go switch schools in the transfer portal, right? That's how Auburn acquired, uh, uh, that's how Auburn uh, got North Carolina. Yeah, that, that's, that's oh, how... Walker that, Kessler, That's yes. absolutely how Auburn got Walker yeah. Kessler, mm-hmm. who was unhappy about his playing time in his first year at UNC. KD played somewhat, but I think he wanted to play for a better oh, no. team. K- KD, KD was a starter as, yeah, soon, as, he, KD wanted as the, soon as he got eligible. KD and, KD and, um, and Wendell did not... Did not Katie, leave. Wendell, Zepp, I mean, those guys. Well, they didn't leave after their freshman year for playing no, time. No, reasons. that's true. They they no. left for for a desire to be on a better team and and mm-hmm. play for. But but Auburn has in the past, you know, had players that they were able to take advantage of this on, on the other side. But in this case, it does seem like playing time more than at, at least if, if you're wondering why they'd be unhappy about this past season, uh, playing time would come to mind immediately. Well, and and then looking. Toward you, you, you look toward the future. Yes. I mean, I would say in Yoan's case, um, he, he's looking with the possibility or even likelihood that Janai Broom and that both Janai Broom and Jalen Williams come back of uh, being the third guy there, uh, being outside, you know, on the outside looking in or on the bench looking for playing time. So, I mean, I, it's completely understandable. And there is also. The the other the other factor that that is definitely involved is nil, and don't think that there aren't that there aren't some uh, some some folks at other schools letting their people know to Yoan's people and and other possible transfers that there there are good opportunities here playing time and nil opportunity wise so that's the thing that's it's very real. Uh, folks, I mean, I know a lot. It seemed like a lot of Auburn people felt like, "Hey, it's just a one-way street." You know, we're just going to reel all these guys in. Let's get this guy, this guy, and that guy. Well, and I would and still then, imagine it's like you, you have to realize you're you're likely to lose the other guy, the other guy. Well, depending on who returns, you know, I, I think we'll get a fuller picture of where Auburn stands in the NIL uh, in the NIL world right now. Because if if Auburn were to lose. Players who played a lot this past year to the transfer portal, and those guys were to go play college basketball elsewhere. I think that would raise more pressing questions about uh, where Auburn is uh, in NIL right now. I, I I would still think that 
I, and we don't know, right? Between playing time and NIL, how much of it, you know, what what percentage of the pie goes one way and what goes the other way, and if there are other variables in there as well, uh, with uh, with the decision from Westry and uh, Treor to go into the transfer portal. But uh, you know, my my guess would be right. Just looking at the looking at the surface, it's like not not only not only could they both be unhappy about how their freshman years went because of their lack of playing time. But also, as the uh, you brought up a really good point there, Bill, do either of them have a clear path to a lot more playing time? Especially if, if everyone who could come back does come back mm-hmm. for Auburn, do they have a clear path to playing time next year either? Yeah, so let, uh, let's welcome in as we uh, get ready to get to our first break, uh, our, our, our third here. We've had him in a lot of Mondays, but as we said, there's been a lot of football things going on on Mondays. And uh, pleased to be joined here in the studio, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. B. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, sorry to see Western Treyor leave, but yeah, you know, it is what it is now. Busy, yeah. busy, busy day, right? Yep, very. How unexpected is, is are, are either of those moves in your mind? Western well, more than Treyor? Yeah, and because I talked to both of them, uh, you know. Yeah, at we, the tournament, and they both said. Well, one said he's planning to come back, and I think it was Westry said he would be back. Westry, yeah, Westry. After the that was after one was after one game, and then the other we we saw the other after the, the second. But I right. mean, but I, I talked to them both after um, game one. I think it was mm-hmm. the, the game that they they won. Um, Auburn social media seemed to be caught a little bit off guard. Did you? I mean, the video posted yesterday featuring Chance Westry working, working out, working out, yeah, and right, riding, riding a bike, which you know, you know, and, and the people who little they, did you know that was that bike was not yes. stationary, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. Yeah, he, he worked it out all right. Uh, I know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's that, that video has been since, been since been deleted. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I will say this: Auburn is making a point of going hard in the um, portal for themselves, upgrading the talent on this team. Uh, I, I, you mentioned Jalen Williams. I do think Jalen will probably come back for sure. I don't know about Alan Flanagan, what yeah. he's going to do. Would not be surprised if there weren't some other surprises. Mm-hmm. Because I think Auburn is going to sign players or try to sign players that are better than ones they have right now scheduled to come back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, because the, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a few names. I'm see, seeing a few names, uh, and, and Auburn folks are tracking tracking some guys that – they're not the only ones tracking them either. So, I mean, it's yeah. going to be really, really interesting. There, well, there was a, there's a big, and I know there's a million transfer portal rumors out there because that's starting to heat up in, in men's basketball. There's a big from uh, Oregon, I guess, who mentioned Auburn on the list of places that have transferred him, uh, that, have, that have contacted yeah. him. Where? The, uh, the, the seven-footer who, who just played, uh, I think he came off the bench for, for a year uh, for for the Ducks, but this, that's a you know among the you know it was one of those de- deals where he he gave a long list of schools that have contacted mm-hmm. him since he was in the portal. Auburn was on that list. Hey, you, was, you better be on everybody's yeah. list right now. You better you might as well contact everybody who looks like you know. How they surprised can, would they can walk? How surprised would either of you uh, be to see Auburn in the in the mix for a you know a, a seven foot. Rim protecting big. If one of them, I wouldn't be one surprised. Of I think that'd be a great addition to Auburn. Yeah. I think they they could use somebody who is a, a rim protector, a rebounder, yeah. a, you know, a presence there under the basket. Yeah, I think you know Janai Brim will be back. He's a really good offensive threat. Um, but Auburn is sort of missing that 
defensive five and, and that rebounding that five. Was a, that was a big difference in Auburn like this year and last year. Yeah. Is uh, You know, Auburn's numbers offensively, um, you know, a lot of their numbers were very similar, but they were down a few rebounds a game, and that's a few possessions a game. And, and uh, that's something that, that I think Auburn really needs to, uh, you know, hopes that they can address. We'll get to our first break. Um, stick with us. We're just underway here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 22 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from Auburn Sports. Dot com here in the studio we got drew at the controls and uh, again we apologize the uh, phone lines are are still down they uh, they said they they've got folks Uh-oh. working on it yeah so we can't take calls we can we can uh, you can text us on the drive text box there you go which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. The number for the text box 3345641840. I assume that still works. Bill, we have not. You know, we, we we probably should have tested that out in the in the meantime. But with the no, phone let, line, let let's we'll try while we're right. while we're doing this. All right, but we've got. But no, the, the phone and the phone line situation is uh, is fluid. We we might uh, might might even have an, up, an update by the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, that that's related to the weather we had this past weekend uh, here in the Auburn Opelika area. But three three four five six four eighteen forty is a drive text box. We also apparently had some stream issues at the very beginning of the show, uh, but all that's gotten fixed. As well, so we should be streaming. Uh, you can catch the stream uh, espnau.com, radioalabama.net. That's also where you can get the podcast available, however you listen to podcasts presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And they also and they and they do a great job. Shout out to Derek and everybody on the on the Southeastern Industrial Contractors uh, front. You want to talk? You want to talk a little baseball? With, yeah, uh, yeah, we can. Matthews? We yeah. can. I just just checked it. Uh, checked in the test box. The text box works. Okay, good. All right, we do have we do have activity in the text box. All right, good to hear. Good. So so you can do that. Yeah, we can we can talk some baseball. We can talk some more uh, talk some more basketball. Well, I tell you what, let, let's go ahead and, and stick with basketball for a little while. We've only got about five or six minutes till we get to the bottom of the hour. Um, all right, so so Brian, I mean, uh, you said that I mean uh, Auburn's going to be aggressive. Bruce Pearl, I mean, did he didn't he didn't leave any question. He was going out recruiting. He yeah. was ready to get out recruiting. Um, before we get into it, let's, and let's don't really get into speculation of other moves that that could be headed out or anything from Auburn. What I mean, we've talked about it a little bit on the air, but uh, love your thoughts again as to Auburn's biggest needs. What is I mean. What what does Bruce Pearl want the most to bring in? Number one with a bullet is six two, six three or above shooting guards slash wings who can hit threes and play some defense. That's number one. Yeah, I would say guys that can. Uh, I, I would also think um, shooters who can create their own shot, not just somebody who has to be, you know, stationary because that's just that. There are a lot of people that can uh, beat you in a game of horse. Exactly. Can can yeah. stand there if there's nobody around and hit shots. But most of the guys they've offered, um, the kid from Rice, six two, really good three point shooter. Um, of course, Denver Jones is probably going to Alabama from um, Florida International. I think mm-hmm. he's six four. 
the Temple guard, uh, Damian Dunn, is 6'5". Um, Virginia Tech guard um, is 6'5", so guard slash forward wing. Right. So they are going after bigger-sized players who can shoot. Yeah, well, that that was obviously a problem for Auburn this year. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you hope you get somebody who is um, also, you know, has that uh, mentality of give me the ball, I'm going to make the shot, I want the ball, you know, with – with the pressure, with the game on the line. It, yeah. do, it doesn't seem like Auburn. I, uh, Justin Ferguson published a list of, of players who have been contacted by Auburn in the transfer portal reportedly uh, since it, it opened up, and it, it doesn't seem to be... I mean, there, there are some exceptions. Jalen Cohn is an accomplished Northern Arizona guard who, who's just about 5'10", 5'11", at, at the point, but just about everyone else has... You know, would, would represent a size upgrade on the perimeter over uh, some of the guys who, who played a lot for Auburn uh, the past season or two or would be projected to come back. I'm, I'm intrigued by, well, you know, if, if Auburn went with Cairo Okendo, who uh, we saw play at Georgia these past couple of years. Now, his shooting numbers are a little bit spotty, uh, but, he, but he is a... I mean, he's, he's an accomplished scorer, gets to the basket, uh, was, uh, was a teammate of KD's for a season at UGA before uh, KD decided to come to Auburn. And, and I know he's had uh, a variety of, uh, of, of, different, uh, of different options. I mean, there are, there, are, there are possibilities out there in the portal for Auburn. I think Ryan's point about upgrading the talent is a, uh, is, is a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... It's going to be crazy. I mean, it really is. The number of players that are going in right now, and uh, they um, Auburn has shown a willingness to go into the group of five. Oh yeah, no question. And, and I would say that's also a theme in some of the players that Auburn has contacted. There's a guard from Towson. There's a guard from uh, Brown who was a teammate of Wendell Green's earlier in their college careers at. Where was Wendell? Eastern Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Was that right? Okay, so, yeah, he, he, went, so he, went, he went Eastern Kentucky to the Ivy League, and he's excelled in the Ivy League, and now he's in the portal again for one more season, this uh, uh, Paxson something. So, I mean, there, there are, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be, it's, it's disappointing to see Auburn lose a couple of uh, promising freshmen uh, to the portal, but I think Auburn is, is going to, they're going to see some players come in here too. So that means that we know Auburn has at least three spots right now because uh, Auburn was a scholarship short. That's that's not assuming any – that's not even Stretch, who I think most people feel like uh, won't be back at Auburn next year. But with the two freshmen and the, the extra scholarship spot, Auburn's got room for at least three more players in addition to the uh, signing yeah. Aiden Holloway. And I think it's probably at least four, and it's probably going to go higher, you know, than that eventually. Well, I mean, and people, yeah, you know, and there's some people that that would think, oh, that's crazy. No, you look around, and it's a common, it's a common occurrence yeah. now. It is, and um, I think uh, Auburn's got some nice pieces coming back, like Janai Broom and possibly Jalen Williams. Mm-hmm. We'll see about the guard situation, Aiden Holloway coming in, um, but they they've got to. They've got to upgrade this roster, right? I think a lot of the players from last year's team reached the level they could reach. You know, I think Bruce Pearl and his staff sort of squeezed all they could out of that team. And if they want to be a better team, they've got to get some better players. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Stick with us. Again, we're just a quarter of the way done. We've got some audio uh, from from football coaches. We had a chance to uh, sit down with 
the coordinators today. We get Brian's thoughts on practice and what the coaches and players have been saying. We'll talk some baseball, though, when we come back. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan, and Brian. Here in the studio, and uh, again, we, we've got all kinds of things to talk about. The big news of the day uh, is that uh, Auburn, with a couple of, with their two highest profile uh, freshmen this past year in basketball, uh, announcing they're entering the transfer portal today. But we want to uh, shift gears, talk a little baseball, because Brian was covering um, that that never-ending inning yeah, that was tough. the other night. We had... We had uh, um, Granddaughter's first birthday party, and then awesome. and uh, in the morning, and then Scott Bagwell's wedding in the afternoon. So didn't make it. We were listening after Auburn won the first two games. That's the thing. Keep in mind, Auburn won the series, so that's something they had to do. And you know they got down. I think it was eight to two, and they came. Back yeah, they and came made back, made eight seven, and had a chance to take the lead. Yeah. And you yeah. thought, here we go again. Yeah. And they just ran out of pitching. That's just what happened. They they only had, uh, like, three pitchers left, and uh, the last two just got rocked. So well, they couldn't throw strikes. Uh, when they did, they got hit. Yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was crazy. A 16-run eighth. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I had a couple of people just asking me today, you know, what can Butch do? about the pitching now with Joseph out for a few more weeks. Well, um, uh, who was the freshman that started uh, game one of the season? Um, Drew, Drew Nelson. Drew Nelson. I think Drew's going to throw some tonight and then not use him enough. Try to just throw him some and, and have him right. be available for the weekend. Right. He was not available um, last weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's capable of being a guy that could, you know, if he's oh, on. obviously, because he, he started really early this year, and yeah. the thought was he's going to be a weekend guy. Yeah, so he could give you maybe five or six innings if, if things are going well. Um, and then I don't know what else, but I think he's got some other things in mind. I wonder if Will Cannon, you know, they stretched him out a lot recently. Right, maybe become an opener and go yeah. three innings, three, four innings, you know, hopefully. Yeah, he could. Pro- yeah, I bet he could go more than three or four now because he's been stretched pretty good. Um, so uh, that's a possibility, I think. And Auburn has, has not had a, um, a, what's it called, a, a start where they've gone six innings. Yet. Yeah, they quality, have not. Quality start. Quality start, yeah. thank you. So that's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. If you think about Auburn and pitching, and of course not having Joseph Gonzalez is a big part of that, but still. I mean, Auburn's had some terrific pitching under Butch. It just losing Joseph hurts a lot, and then the other guys have never had a chance really to come a lot of young, A lot of young guys well, that, that yeah. don't have a, a ton of experience. Yep. And then... I would also guess that quality starts around the league are down because more, more, more teams, more coaches are buying into that 
Tampa Bay Rays sort of you don't want to let a pitcher face a hitter three times mentality that sort of, you know, it started, right. you know, the sabermetrician approach to baseball that, you know, has, as folks believe, you know, and, and, and often it, it pays off, especially if you've invested in your bullpen. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got quality arms to go to, uh, you know, you, yeah, pull a guy out after four and a half, five innings of, of really solid work and don't that, risk that. That really hasn't been the case most of the time, though. This what as far as the, the yeah, work that comes in? No, but but that's right. I, I can understand where if, if you view your bullpen as a strength, yeah, having your starter go, uh, you know, a, a a shorter amount of time and then leaning on your bullpen makes sense as a strategy, but everything's got to go right for that strategy to pay off. The other thing to watch with Auburn baseball is um, with Cooper McMurray coming back, uh, Bobby Pierce coming back. Now you're in a situation where you got to find out where to put these pieces. Uh, you can put Pierce back in the outfield if you want to keep Chris Stanfield in the outfield and um, Kaysen Howell in the outfield. Then you've got to DH um, somebody, yeah. and and Ike Irish's bats got Justin to stay Kirby, in the lineup, right? Yeah. If you want to play Cooper McMurray at first, then you've got to move Ike to catcher, right? Um, and he did get in a catcher at the end of uh, Saturday's game. Yeah, he was in a Saturday. So. And Cooper Mary got in at first, which was good to see. So we'll see how all that works out too. That'll be interesting. To between watch. between Cooper and Ike, is there one of them that represents a clear upgrade defensively at first over the other, or is it about? Mm. Is, is it is it relatively Cooper's close? probably more comfortable? Yeah. He's just played more a lot more first. You know, I I, Ike's been a catcher yeah. learning first. I'd, I'd imagine you'd want both of those bats in yeah. the lineup. And I think so. What what are the pros and cons of playing Ike at catcher versus playing someone else? Uh, well, I don't know how advanced he is right. for a freshman on the defensive end of catching. Brian, right? what did so you think about the call? I didn't get a chance to see. I didn't it. like it. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, all right, Dan. Either. Dan, there was a play when it was. Nine, I think it was nine to seven. seven. Yeah, it was still. It, it was, was still, still a, a two or three run game. There was one out, and uh, there was a throw to the plate. And I, I was just listening. I was listening to Andy and Brad, and uh, I mean they they said the ball was clearly. I haven't seen it. They said the ball was clearly in Ike Irish's possession yeah. as he blocked and made the tag, and the umpires went and looked at it and came back and overruled it. And called him safe, and from the and then I mean mm. that was that was it. Yeah. The the I mean the walls caved in, the dike burst. Yeah. But it was a situation where I mean they were adamant that he had the ball and made the tag. And and I unless there's something different in the college rules, which I'm not aware of. I know you can't block the plate or a base without the ball. See now, I I was under the impression that in college baseball, as part of the as part of the avoiding collisions Safety at home plate, concerns. I thought that the catcher had to provide room for the runner to tag. Like you have to provide some avenue. You can't block complete access to the plate. Well, that must be what with, they called with or without the ball. You can't block complete access to the plate because that is sort of the trade off to. Not allowing players to collide with the catcher anymore is that there has to be some access. Like I, I don't know if this is the rule in college baseball. I thought that was the rule, and so if they if they like, I, I don't know if it matters as much whether or not he had the ball. Like I think there still has to be some access to home plate, and so I, I, I would think that would be what the umpires decided in that situation because because if you were, if you were allowed to collide with the catcher. I would think that it wouldn't matter whether or not 
you know what he doesn't need to provide access to the plate because he's you know because you know you, you can you can make your own if you need to but if you're going to tell players they have to slide then maybe there has to be an avenue for you know has to be somewhere for them to slide and if the catcher's blocking the complete plate there there isn't and so maybe that would be maybe that would be the rule in that in that situation i i don't know I don't know exactly what the rule is in college baseball regarding access to home plate, but I would think that's the yeah. I'm, I'm reading. I would think that's the logic behind it. I, I'm reading through here now. This is 2020, so maybe the maybe the rules have changed since 2020. Because in 2020, it says if the defensive player blocks the base or plate or baseline with clear possession of the ball, the runner may slide in to make contact with the fielder. So I mean, are they talking that that was when they were talking about? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna eliminate any any contact, but it says they can block unless the catcher is in possession of the ball. The catcher cannot block the pathway of the runner as he's attempting to score. If, in the judgment of the umpire, the catcher without possession of the ball blocks the pathway, the runner shall call or signal the runner safe. That's the NCAA rule. That's out of the NCAA rule book. But that is a that is 2020, and that's the only one that's coming up for me as I look. For uh, for that, so that's that's I mean, so like, it's a timing thing, right? Is he blocking the plate before he gets the ball? It doesn't look well like if you're if you're but. if you're not allowed to block the plate, period. Then okay, um, but it was yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, my understanding was you could if you had had the ball. Uh, so I don't know, um, but uh, the, again, the catcher is not permitted to buy. I, I, I've got multiple. Multiple uh, findings that say the catcher is not permitted to block the plate unless he's in possession of the ball. So, um, but whatever that sort of—I mean, when that when that play was overturned, I mean, it would have been two outs and and a two. I think it was still nine, maybe it was ten. At the worst, it was ten to seven, but it would have been two outs, and you're out away from getting out of the inning. Uh, instead. Um, Fifteen more runs scored <laughs> that that inning. But regardless, again, Auburn won two out of three. They they had to at least win the series. So they're now two and four and a huge task coming up as they travel to the number two team in the country yeah. down in Gainesville this weekend. Yeah, Florida's a tough team. They got some really talented Always. players. But Auburn Lately, has played Florida pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't just assume Auburn's going to go down there and get swept again. Yeah, we'll see. Well, if they can win one, I mean, that yeah. you you do whatever you can to win a game, and you start with the first one. I mean, you do whatever. Um, what's the rotation for this week? Is it? I haven't seen it yet. I hadn't either. And and here's another thing that that's interesting. You were talking about, you know, Auburn hasn't been able to get anybody through six. Um, Tommy Vale has been almost unhittable for the first for his right. first three innings. I know, and then and then it's like the second he sort of loses through. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it, I don't even know if it's really because but, but he's it's pin, the but for he's a been time. seems like he's pinpoint right. His his uh you know his control is pinpoint. It seems the first you know the first three innings, but in the fourth inning he just starts that's walking. When he's walked to yeah. walk guys. Yeah, so if he can get over that hump, mm-hmm. I mean. You know, the way he's throwing the first three innings, if he could keep it going for four, five, or six, I mean, that would make a huge difference. Oh, no kidding. So uh, so that's Auburn, Auburn baseball. I mean, the, the bats, Auburn definitely has the bats. I mean, it's just trying to figure out exactly how to get them in there. We saw a situation before everybody came back where, where uh, you know, teams could pitch around right. uh, the, the main guys there in the middle of the order. But, I mean, now that they've got just about everybody back, I mean – they're they're able to balance the lineup a little bit better and and uh, 
And Bryson Ware continues yeah, to he just is. rip the ball. Yeah, doesn't he, he really is. What, what a great story he is it this is year. So terrific for everybody that you know follows Auburn baseball, covers it. Bryson Ware is the young man that you really root for after everything he's been through um, athletically, and uh, you know just the disappointment of last year and. Wondering after fall if he had a spot on the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, you, you had to. And, I uh, mean, because you know he, you, you felt like okay, last year he entered the season as a starting outfielder with you know high hopes, very athletic. Uh, I mean, he can he can hit. He I mean he can hit the ball a long way. He's got very good speed. Got a great arm. Yep. Uh, and then he and then by the end of the year, you know he sort of he lost his job by the end of the year and, and then moved back to the infield. Now what people don't realize is I mean he's a guy that was an infielder. Growing up, he'd never really played outfield until he got to Auburn. I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of the guys coming into college, your best players, your best athletes in high school are going to be pitchers, catchers, shortstops. Yep. I mean, those are the guys, and a lot of times it's pitch, uh, shortstops and catchers who also pitch um, because that's where you know it's the toughest position defensively, and that's where your your dominant players go. So a lot of guys come in as shortstops and move to other positions. I mean, Cole Foster was a shortstop who played second. Um, and, and then, you know, Bryson was a shortstop who played outfield. Now he's at third. So, uh, that, that's where they go. It's, it's like, uh, quarterbacks, uh, out of high school, athletic quarterbacks. I mean, they can, they can play multiple positions. So, so yeah, it's, it's been a great story. Uh, and, and Bryson continues to just absolutely, uh, crush the ball. All right. Um, yeah, Auburn, North Alabama tonight. So, uh, you, you said that, uh, um, they're they're starting Drew Nelson. I don't know if they're starting him. I know he's, he's going to pitch. Just I know he's going to pitch, but he may start and just throw a couple innings. I think that's the plan. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they'll have a couple of days before the Gators this weekend. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Yeah, we'll talk a little football uh, as, as, as we've had the opportunity. Brian and I have uh, had the opportunity to watch some practice. Uh, Dan's been there for the interviews with uh, coaches and players. We'll, we'll talk about that and more as, as things are changing a little bit as we head into the last couple of weeks of spring football practice. Some, some guys uh, moving up, it appears. We'll talk about that and more when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. All right, so we're, we're talking, and, and here we get into semantics, and you get into ridiculous things. We're still on the baseball thing. Uh, I, I, Dan, Dan making a good point that maybe he was blocking the plate well before the runner got there and before he caught the ball. But at what point are you blocking the plate or just standing to the left of home plate? I mean, are you blocking the plate if there's a runner at second? And the ball's hit, and you step to the left of home plate. Are you blocking the plate there, in there case a, in case that's you know Superboy that can that can get there in like, like a, a second? Cone they look at. I don't know exactly how it works. But. It should it should be like the batting circle. I would think the runner should at least be in there before you're worried about blocking the plate. There was a there was a major league game from last season, middle of the year, not a playoff game, but there was uh-huh. a regular season game last year where 
uh, a a run was overturned. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. There keep was talking a, while we check. There was a a game from last season where a run what would have been the what would have been the game winning run was waved off because the catcher but it works. was in violation of the of the rule that that said you know they said Gary Sanchez was blocking the plate. Where and where was the runner? The runner was on his. The runner was in in mid slide, basically. When, okay, while well, Sanchez I, was while Sanchez I, was. I can the, see that. Yeah, I can see that. But like Brian said, there, you know, there, there should be an area, and it should be like if the runner is outside of the batting circle, then you're not blocking the plate. You're blocking the plate as the runner is making an effort to score. Anyway, we have bigger news for you. Our phones are back. All right. 334-321-1390, the Kia of Auburn Hotline, is working. So you can join in. We might as well get to the play last night or yesterday in, in uh, exhibition, Major League Baseball. Did you see oh, that? My, my guy, oh, JT. JT. Yeah. Just, see well, what happened. Do you, do, you want to do, do you want to do a little bit of football with Brian before we no. run out of time? No, or, we'll do that. Brian, We've only got a couple of minutes. Is he staying for the whole show? Yes. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were just here for hour number one. No, uh, Stoltz has got baseball, so I can. Stay. Oh, right yeah. on, very cool. Yeah, that's okay, cool. what I. Yeah, um, yeah. I so. thought that's. Well, I thought that's why. I thought that's why Brian was able to do it at all. Like you know, I, mean, I thought he still. Oh no, no, he go, was. But. He was. He was going to be here right, early cool. on, but he can stick with us. Yeah, baseball can wait then. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, football can wait. But yes, football can wait. Baseball. can Yeah, continue. let's 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 talk, let's mention what happened yesterday in exhibition baseball. All right, so. Uh, JT Real Muto is is catching. I don't remember who was pitching for the Phillies, um, but there's a foul ball, and so he needs he needs a new ball from the umpire. So he never he never looks back at the umpire. He just puts his glove up, and when no ball is put in his glove in a few seconds, he just drops the glove back. Right after he drops the glove back, the umpire well, drop. Drops the ball on the ground where the glove had been. There is there is context though. There did, had you mentioned what happened on the pitch before, like because the Phillies were not happy with this umpire. Oh no no okay. no. So so Craig Kimbrell was on the mound. Oh that's right, Kimbrell and Kimbrell had just gotten called for a clock violation for yeah. they had just called Craig Kimbrell for taking too long so a on ball. the mound and they'd called a ball for that. Right. And I think that was immediately before this happened. It was. It was. The, and it, so this it was, was just before this happened. Well no it was. There, there'd been a foul ball. Okay, it was, it was the ball was called. Then there was a foul ball, and they did, so they needed a new ball. Okay, it, but it was maybe I think it was during that at bat. It was that, during the at bat. Kimbrel, so had a been, ball yeah. had been called, and the next pitch is a foul ball. So he needs a ball, puts his glove up. All right, and the last the last time there had been a pitching change when Kimbrel came in, the umpire threw the ball out to the pitcher. All right, so Riamuto puts his glove up. There's no ball there. He puts the glove down. The umpire fires the ball to the ground. And before Real Muto could stand up, do anything, reach for the ball, the umpire tosses Real Muto because he felt he was showing him up yeah, by Re- putting the glove down. He thought he thought that Real Muto was unhappy <laughs> about and, and no, and from the look, I thought it was the the wrong decision in the moment to but but I also could see where the train of thought from the umpire was, okay, this guy's unhappy about the pitch clock violation, and he's doing something intentionally to make me look bad. In, yeah, in well, you just made yourself that. look worse. You're, no, you're right. You're right. No, but I, but I think that's where, yeah. I think the umpire thought, okay, these guys are trying to show me up because they're unhappy about the pitch I, clock I don't thing. think this guy's a regular big league ump, and, by the way, and, and he's and probably his, not going to be this year. Well, his crew, his crew chief backed him in sort of a... Like well, I'm umpires the, always Well, I'm reading the other. AP story, and it's, it's real yeah. double talk with the backing, yeah. though, so it's... 
uh, crew chief uh, Dan Isiona. Isiona. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not terribly familiar with his work either. Uh, he was asked about uh, the the umpire in question, who uh, his name is Randy. It starts. It's R R. It's Randy. R- Randy uh, Rosenberg. Yeah. Right, Rosenberg. So Ra- Randy yeah. Rosenberg was the umpire in question, and uh, he was uh, the, the crew chief. Was asked, uh, did Randy act hastily? No. I believe Randy felt like the situation warranted an ejection, and that's what he did. Unquote. Now maybe that doesn't you know, mean it actually did you know, warrant maybe, an ejection. Maybe, maybe JT, you know, said something under his breath, which nobody else knows, as he put the glove down. With you know, whatever. It's not, just fun, all fun. Major League Baseball starting in a couple of days. It's not the way my guys play the game, Bill. No, he's he's a class guy. That one of the most respected players in the majors, despite being on your team. All right. We need to get to our top of the hour. Phones are working. Love for you to join in. We're going to talk some football when we come back for hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. After missing the last 10 games, Kevin Durant will return from an ankle injury and make his son's home debut tomorrow against the Timberwolves. With KD back in the fold, it's critical for Phoenix to keep big man DeAndre Ayton involved offensively, advises ESPN's Richard Jefferson. He is the anchor of your defense and your rebound. You have no interior presence. You have nothing. So if you don't feed him consistently like any other human being that's an elite player, their energy starts to drop. And when his energy starts to drop, their team goes from an A-plus to a to a B-minus team, and that's not going to get it done. That's guard Ben Simmons shut down for the rest of the season due to a back injury. The team does not believe he needs another surgery. He's ruled out forward Jimmy Butler tonight against the Raptors because of a neck injury. Two fully financed bids for the Washington Commanders have been submitted, one by the Josh Harris Group, which now includes Magic Johnson, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the other by Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos, according to Schefter and ESPN's Brian Windhorst, both meet owner Dan Snyder's $6 billion asking price. The Fal- Falcons have named quarterback Desmond Ritter as their starter. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on this Tuesday. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com here in the studio. Drew at the controls, and we're pleased to let you know that the uh, phone lines are back. We apologize for the problem uh, there. I mean, when the uh, storm came through, 
it it affected a lot of things. I mean, uh, and and we're we're glad that the the phone lines are back. The Kia of Auburn hotline is up and working, and we'd love for you to join in. You can call 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. You can go to your favorite podcasting platform. You can use uh, ESPNAU.com, or you can go to RadioAlabama.net. It's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of The Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. I uh, hope you were uh, with us for hour number one. If you're just joining, the uh, the big news of the day coming from uh, Auburn basketball that uh, freshman Johan Treor and, Chris, and Chance Westry have announced their intention to enter the transfer portal. So um, we, we've been talking about changes that were going to come for Auburn basketball. Don't know if all these were expected, but that's uh, Auburn's two highest-profile signees from this past year who, for um, for for various, for different reasons, yeah. really didn't get the chance and weren't able to contribute the way that they, nor Auburn, had hoped. Yeah, Chance took a medical red shirt um, because of the surgery and never really came back 100%, although... When I spoke to him, he felt like he was feeling much better and ready mm-hmm. to go. He he looks he looks bigger and stronger. Yeah, and then Traor just needed more developmental time. He just was not ready to compete at this level to play defense to, um, you know, handle the physical nature. I thought you know just he just needed some more time, and he's going to find another place where he can have more time. Yeah, so uh, so Auburn with some openings now, and there's no question Auburn has been, Bruce Pearl and the staff have been uh, working hard at looking to add talent to this roster. And, uh, you know, there's no uh, no way of saying when, you know, Auburn will have some additions. But uh, there, are, there are players all over the country that are entering the transfer portal every day. Yeah, and it'll probably start with um, official visits mm-hmm. and um – yeah, I just think um, Bruce Pearl is really motivated to get out there and, and upgrade this roster, and Auburn's a great place to play any sport, really. So um, I'd be surprised if uh, he doesn't have some success. I get why it's disappointing for folks who saw Chance uh, Westry uh, in Israel. And and Johan. And, yep. and Johan, too. I mean, and, and we, saw, we saw a little bit more of Johan during the season, uh, but for folks who you know saw Chance look, look so sharp in Israel and wanted to see him you know, fulfill that potential in an Auburn uniform, it's disappointing. But this is the world of college basketball now, right? I mean, you're going to have, I mean, Auburn might be one of the more experienced teams in the conference, even losing these two guys, uh, if everyone who can come back does come back. And it, it remains to be seen who ultimately decides to come back. But Bruce is, Bruce is going to want a team uh, that fits his style of basketball, and also he's going to need a team that, has depth because when you play Bruce Pearl basketball, you can't just go with five or six guys in the rotation because it's so taxing physically that you need to be able to go to the bench and and lean on a couple of reserves to play key minutes and, and give these guys a uh, a break. So it's uh, it's going to be yeah. There, there's work to be done, and we've 
I mean, there's a long list of players that have already uh, been contacted by Auburn in one mm-hmm. way or another, both in the portal and uh, out of the high school ranks. You know, we we had a little little blue cane talk there during the uh, during the commercial break about yeah, whether or not Auburn yeah, explain, could be. Even... Explain what what you're talking about because so, people people blue lose cane their minds. blue cane is uh, first name blue last name cane hmm. is a young man uh, from I think he's originally from from Tennessee. But he played his most recent basketball at IMG Academy. He is a senior in high school right now. He was committed to go to Georgia Tech, asked out of his NLI uh, when Georgia Tech fired uh, Josh Pastner. And uh, he is still uncommitted to uh, play next season in college basketball. He's considered, he was a top 100 player. ESPN finished, uh, you know, that ESPN has him 77th right now in the class of 2023. He is uh, one of the top shooters available in that class from 2023 and he's uh, still uncommitted and apparently Auburn among others has has been in contact for yeah. the uh, for the young man so yeah I made, I made a little crack there about blue cane but he's he is on the list of players that Auburn has contacted since the season ended or since his recruiting uh, uh perked back up following his decision uh yeah. to uh to uh, with, withdraw from uh, George Tech well Let's look at Auburn's best team, uh, obviously the Final Four team under Bruce Pearl. That team set an SEC record with 454 three-pointers. Auburn made 220 three-pointers, or something like around 220 three-pointers of this past season. It's it's so difficult to play at a high pace if you're not going to try to shoot threes. I'm right. reading the book uh, Paul Westhead wrote, and he, he was the LMU's coach when they were mm-hmm. the fastest team anybody had ever seen uh, 30-something years ago. And the Bo Kimball and uh, Hank Gathers. Uh, teams, and he he talked about the importance of the three point shot. You know, if you're if you're going to try to if teams don't, it's so much easier to defend a team trying to play fast if you don't respect their three point shooting because they're just going to try to take you to the basket. And I mean, you can you can shoot the mid range, but teams will teams will right. let you live and die by the mid range these days. Or you can go to the basket and you're going to be running into a brick wall every single time because teams will keep their defense in the paint against you. I think Auburn ran into that often yeah. this year is that you had teams just try to build that wall around the basket and make things tough for Janai and Jalen and, and any guard trying to get to the rim. What, what, what do you think? I mean, the solution, I'm assuming you're you're going to, Auburn's got to find shooting. They've got to find guys that can hit threes and, and athletic enough to defend in the SEC and when teams want to extend their defense, drive by and, and do pull-ups or finish at the rim. They just did not have those players. Their biggest negatives this year were their perimeter defense because they weren't, they didn't have enough length. Their three-point shooting because they didn't have enough good shooters. And um, their last you know minute of the game, the way they defended, the way they weren't able to finish over people uh, through contact and draw fouls. So all those things can be improved by getting bigger, stronger players that can play the wing and can also shoot the three. And there are a lot of those players out there are, are enough of those players out there where you feel like Auburn's going to win some of these battles. Right, and I wonder where where the portal's going to take us because, I mean, it's just been a couple of weeks. I mean, Selection Sunday. The, the oh, Monday yeah. after Selection Sunday was the official opening of the transfer portal. Auburn's already been linked to uh, to a lot of players. And then you wonder, I mean, Chance and Johan making their decisions today, th- there are still players with decisions to make. Right. On the Auburn men's basketball team, there are players who could decide they want to test the NBA draft waters. There are players who could decide they want to uh, try their luck elsewhere in college basketball. There are players who, and, and we were talking about this, Brian. I, I don't know how much uh, NIL has disrupted the economy of 
players leaving college basketball early, knowing they're not going to the NBA anytime soon, but thinking there's still money to be made in professional basketball yeah. somewhere. Uh, I, you know, and, and there's another factor there too was COVID because COVID did a number on a lot of those professional leagues that lived and died by attendance in places that completely shut down Europe and South America and things like that. So I don't know how robust the market is for players anymore. You know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of these upperclassmen, especially at big time programs. I think we're going to see a lot of them exhaust their eligibility if, if, if they can, because between NIL and the exposure that you get yeah. on being on national television and having social media platforms, like you, you, I mean, I don't know if there's, unless you're, unless you're looking at the NBA, I don't, Unless you're a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the options of that or going uh, overseas and not knowing if you're going to make even that much. I think it was Caldwell who made the point, our our friend and colleague Jason Caldwell, who made the point on the show that if the rules today had been in place 2021, Sharif Cooper probably plays at least one more year at Auburn and maybe more. Scoot Henderson probably would have been here. And Scoot Scoot Henderson's another one that would have, you know, would have had a question about. I mean, if if those that team with Sharif on it, oh yeah. I mean, those rules. I mean, because and and Sharif's doing well in yeah. in the in the G League, but you know, I wonder. You know, I, I wonder if if NIL and I mean Sharif, someone who was very popular on Instagram and you know would have been able to monetize his social media uh, had had it been allowed. Back when Sharif was playing college basketball, I, you know, I wonder if it would have, I wonder if it would have changed things a little bit. I mean, it's it's something that, it, it's it's something to consider as Auburn has to go fishing and find potentially a lot of minutes out there in the portal, depending on what players decide to do. But they'll they definitely have to find some. Bill, we were talking about the importance of Auburn going out and finding shooting. Yeah. Now, something else though that needs to be needs to be considered is that Bruce Pearl isn't going to bring in somebody who can't play defense. Right. I mean, so there, there, there may be some guys who are just amazing shooters, but if they're terrible defensive players, they're not going to get on the court. Right. I think there might be a, uh, you know, an ability. Maybe one player that's maybe not as good a defender as you want, but he's a really good shooter. Where mm-hmm. they, where they could, you know, make up for him maybe. But I, I think you're right. I think yeah, he's, he's not going to put him put somebody out there that's given up more than he's right. able to score. Right. You know, because right. because that could happen. So yeah, it'll be really really interesting uh, to keep an eye on. There's also the question, and, and before we get back to you, Brian, there's also the question of may, maybe some of this, maybe some of the players deciding to leave has to do with Auburn being as active as they are in the transfer portal, right? I mean, it's it could be chicken or the egg, but you could have some players looking at not not only could there be returners. Uh, impacting my playing time, but there also could be somebody coming soon from the transfer portal uh, impact. I mean, we'll, we'll see if there's a corresponding move yeah. coming that would have that would have led to either Chance Westry or Johan Treor deciding uh, that they're better off leaving Auburn uh, than, than sticking around for another. Potentially Jalen announcing something here soon. We'll see. Um, oh, did, baseball, oh, baseball. You're, you're just seeing that? Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, oh did Jalen announce? Oh, no, no, no. I oh, thought okay. maybe you were saying he is. No, no. I said potentially. Him. Oh, okay. Um, the baseball starting lineups out. Uh, Drew Nelson is starting. So, that, that's so the we'll best way if you want to get a certain number of pitches and something. Go ahead and get him out there at the, yep. at the outset. Uh, Bobby Pierce back in the outfield. That's great good. for him. Uh, Cooper McMurray back at first base. Uh, uh, Carter Wright is starting catcher tonight. So right. um, is I DHing? Or, or is he not in the lineup? He is DHing tonight. Okay. Yes. Yes. 
All right, so that's uh, some some baseball news, a little basketball at the outset. Let's get to our first break, and we'll talk some football. As Auburn, in its fourth week of practice, next to the last week, A-Day coming up next week, and we'll talk about some players making moves and uh, some of the comments from coaches and players that we've heard the last few days as well. We'll continue, and you can join us on the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon, Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And while we while we have a little bit, and again, the uh, phone lines, if, if you're just joining us and you'd heard us talking either today or yesterday or earlier today about problems with the phones, the phone lines are back, so you can join us. We'd love for you to. And again, the number is 334-321-1390. But Brian, talk a little bit about... Uh, what all is going on there at AuburnSports.com? I mean, there's there's so many different things going on at the same time. Yeah, we got Freeze yesterday and, and the coordinators today, which was great. Got a lot of good information from them. And um, uh, you can go to our message board right now for updates on that. And I'll, of course, have plenty of stories and more coming. Um, of course, uh, football recruiting. Uh, Auburn got a commitment, I guess it was Friday, uh, from Jamarian Burnett, a really mm-hmm. talented, big, physical running back. I, I like how his style sort of uh, is a little bit different than what Auburn has right now and what Auburn has coming in with Jeremiah Cobb. So I think he'll be a good balance to that room. Um, and, of course, we talked a lot about basketball and, and recruiting in the portal, so we'll be covering that real closely too. Yeah, so a, a lot you can uh, check there and, and had uh, an, an early uh, – uh, what's oh God, I forgot. I'm blanking, man. I've, the news I got here in the last few minutes. I'm I'm struggling remembering everything. I had uh, one of, one of your one of your one of the shows uh, that where you all guys where you guys all get together. And oh, I, the rundown. Yeah, yeah. We had that Monday. Yeah, had that had that earlier this week than than a lot yeah. of times. Well, you know, we usually do it on Tuesday, but uh, we have interviews at one, so it's right. really difficult to do that. So. Because you freeze at three o'clock Monday, we're able to do it on Monday. So yeah, right, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the some of the uh, the news yesterday. Hugh Freeze, when he was asked about uh, the scrimmage and the quarterbacks, he immediately jumps into Holden stood out, really stood out. Of course, I I, I told Dan right after that. I said he mentioned Holden, and I said, and he pronounced it differently. Yeah. So I went over to Kirk. I went over to Kirk Sampson and said, "I just want to make sure because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about this on the air." Uh-huh. And he said, "No, it's Gurner. It's Gurner." Okay. All right. And he said, "You can, I had somebody bring that up to me today, and I'm like, I'm not sure anymore. I just well, don't know. well, Kirk said, go to the website and there by the players, you know, there's that little sound bite where the player says his own name. Oh, for any, for I didn't thing. know this. Yeah, existed. well, I remember they had done that a few years ago. I wasn't sure if it was still there. He said, "You can do that." And Holden says, "Gurner." So. Uh, anyway, okay. regardless, I mean, I think we'll all, if, if things continued like this, a lot more people will know how to pronounce his name because then when we went out to practice, he was with running with the ones. He was, and that's a big development, I think. Although I'm going to stick by my prediction that Auburn's starting quarterback for 2023 20, is not on the roster yet. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. No, I've sort of expected that. But, but for right now, um, good to see Holden. 
uh, you know, getting that opportunity. Uh, I think he needs that opportunity just to see what he can do. I think Robbie and TJ struggle a little bit with um, uh, in the scrimmage. Uh, Robbie is slowed by a shoulder injury, so that's that's part. That's of a little there. concerning. That uh, I mean, I just wonder if it's he, he's just trying to throw and put more on it uh, all spring because he was zipping it pretty good. Yeah. a week or you know a couple of weeks ago. And we talked to Philip Montgomery a little bit about the RPO packages they're trying to put in and how it's taking them longer to get it done, and they're slowing down that process. Um, which makes me think if they're going to bring in a transfer quarterback, he's probably coming from an RPO system, right? Um, and he would probably be able to pick it up faster, you know, the offense as fast as the guys that went through spring in many ways. So uh, maybe it wouldn't be such a, a big deal to bring in a guy um, in May. Maybe it wouldn't be that far behind. But um, it's especially if it's, Especially if it's a guy who's played a lot of college football right. before. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be, I'd be surprised to see them, you know, if there was like a – Disgruntled five star from somewhere that you know didn't didn't work out his first year somewhere else and got to the portal. You know may, maybe it would be you know pretty significant that he didn't get to go through spring practice. Right. If he's going to be Auburn's starter in twenty twenty three, I would think somebody who has played a couple of seasons as a starter, if they went into the portal, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. they went into the portal and chose Auburn. Uh, that the fact that they weren't able to go through spring practice wouldn't be as yeah wouldn't be as meaningful as it would be with an inexperienced guy. I agree. I, I wouldn't rule out Auburn signing two quarterbacks, depending on how things break. So we'll see. Maybe one guy that's ready to come in and play right away, and maybe one of those former five stars that, um, you know, can be the next guy up or potentially compete for the being the next guy up. Interesting. And that would – you wonder how much uh, – you, you wonder how many scholarship quarterbacks Auburn would have on the roster. In 2023, if Auburn went and added two, well, I, if that would, I would yeah. think you'd have four. There, there'd be some changes. Yeah. Probably, that, well, yeah. may, that would be maybe, my guess. Maybe five. I mean, but I mean, because Auburn. Well, Hank Brown will be here. Yeah, that's right. So he would be four. But if Auburn adds two, I still think it would be fewer than six. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that's the definitely. new math. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what? What's the buzz on Holden and how he's made this push over the last week or two? I don't know exactly, to be honest with you, because I, I think his accuracy, which is something that Euphrase puts on, but I haven't watched him enough to say this is what I see, right? I just haven't. When we go out there, they throw just a little bit, you know, to receivers or sometimes just to coaches if the receivers are doing their drill somewhere else. So it's hard to get a read on what's going on with this, and I, I don't know how he fits as an RPO quarterback. I, I really have no idea. So... Um, but I am glad to see him get that opportunity because, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure the other two guys were going to be um, going to improve enough accuracy-wise and, and, and some other ways to be that starting quarterback that Euphrase needs and Philip Montgomery need in their offense. 334-321-1390, Philip Montgomery and Ron Roberts mm-hmm. today available to the, uh, to the media. And uh, so, I mean... It, it's interesting. I mean, it seemed like from what Hugh Freeze said yesterday, they're still looking for some receivers yeah. to, to step things up. And he pointed out that they were without a few of the guys at the scrimmage on Friday. They've had some injuries there. Um, Looked Marcus, like just about everybody was out there yesterday. Yeah, Marcus Johnson, I think he's out for the he was, Yeah, he was the only one that second. wasn't going through the pass catching. Um, he uh, Well, I, I think... He's mentioned Cameron Brown before as a guy who's mm-hmm. stood out a little bit. And then today, Philip Montgomery mentioned uh, Javarius Johnson 
likes the way his speed shows up on the and, field. And he catches everything yep. that's thrown. And then mentioned way. Uh, that Jay Fair, coming back from a little bit of a hamstring, has been making some plays here lately. So uh, that's good to see some guys. I mean, we knew Javarius, right? We knew right. Be one oh, yeah. Guys. But Jay Fair is not a guy that's done much or had much set up. Hadn't had that opportunities and really hasn't. Yeah, yep. we haven't seen that much of him. So um, that, that was sort of interesting. Uh, Philip Montgomery said that um, very pleased with the offensive line. Thinks they've really improved. I, I, I think group. everyone seems to feel really good about the offensive yeah. line right yeah. now. And not just the guys they brought in the transfers, but there's some young guys like um, uh, Connor, Connor Lou. Connor Lou. Yeah. Tate Johnson being back uh, in right. practice yesterday. Right. There's some other guys. I guess Tate Johnson isn't necessarily a young guy anymore, but it still feels like no, it's but, but last year was but, the yeah. first time he'd really gotten any exactly. playing time at all. So there's... They're, they're, they're building some depth there. They may, could use another interior offensive lineman for depth. but um, I think they'd like an ex- another experienced interior offensive lineman. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then defensively. It feels, it feels like just, just staying on the offensive line, because we were talking about that yesterday after Bill got to see what he saw. And uh, with, without ruling Isavian or anyone else out, you know, guys we haven't seen work a lot at guard this spring, does feel like between Jeremiah Wright who is something of a leader right now for, for one of the two guard spots. Between Jeremiah Wright, Tate Johnson, Cam Stutz, Connor and Lou. Connor Liu, you've got four guards for two spots. That's your top. Right, that that right appears now. to be your top four yeah, guards. Yeah, and I think um, Tate and our Connor Liu would be your backup center. Mm-hmm. One of those two. Yep. It looks like probably. Connor. Connor's probably your yeah. backup center because he was running two as a center. Jaleel Irvin still around? He's still yeah. there. He's still there, right? So yeah. he'd, he'd yeah. also be in the guard in the in the in the, in in the, the center. center. The center depth. Right. The center depth sure. mix, maybe. I I'll say this real quick. I was thinking about this today. I think with um Avery Jones, is that right? Yes. And Connor Lou, Auburn's gonna have some good center play for the coming years. I really do. Yeah. I mean, much so. better than they've gotten. Yeah, Hugh Freeze really I mean he he, he talked about Auburn hitting the home run with Connor yeah. Lou. Okay. I mean there there are three freshmen that really everybody continually talks about. It's Connor Lou on offense, and then... Keldrick Falk. Keldrick Falk and, and Kyle Lee on and, defense. And then, um, is it Britton Williams? From yeah, Britton Williams. Yeah, that, that, today we heard yes. more about him than we had heard. And, uh, yeah, Ron Roberts seemed to really like what he's seen yeah. out of that, that young man. And if you look at that Jack position right now... And that's um, a great position to... Great great right. opportunity there. Exactly. And I think that's another position that they will look at in the portal and see if they can get a little, little more help there, a little more depth. He talked... Uh, Ron, Ron Roberts seemed seemed pretty pleased, as Hugh, as Hugh Freeze did the other day. Uh, I, I just asked because we hadn't heard much about linebackers to, to Coach Freeze, and he, he said he was pleased with the way they played. And Ron Roberts today felt like that may be as deep a position yeah. as they have all of a sudden where we went into the spring thinking, oh, linebacker's the position. Even with a couple of transfers, linebacker's a position that may be a concern. And it's, it's not the what I expected. He said Wesley Steiner and Austin Keys. Now, that's what we saw at practice, right? Right, but, sure is. Uh, a week ago, that's not what I would expected, let's just say. Um, but they were running, you know, with the ones right now. Right. So, so it's not official depth. And then and in Cam Riley and Robert Woodyard were right. the next two. And how about that, Robert Woodyard? I, I kind of yeah. had a feeling that he was going to make a, a move here. I, I just felt like he was really But he had good player. things to say about DeMario Tolan. I yep. mean, uh, again, it's what he said. He said he's probably got five he really feels like are ready to play now. Yep, and... That's one thing he talked about. He, he said he's got 16 or 17 of the uh, can-dos, right, mm-hmm. that, that they can depend on. 
he needs 24, 25 of those by fall. So they need some more guys. Yeah, not, that doesn't mean they're going to go out and try to bring eight or mm-hmm. nine more guys. Yeah, no. they feel like some of these guys can make that step right. between now and the fall. Right. But sure, they they bring in anybody. Who and can he's help probably them not counting JD Rim as a can do because JD right. is, is he's not a can do right. right now. You mentioned you know maybe Auburn goes out and looks for a quarterback or an experienced uh, interior offensive lineman. The way Ron uh, the way Ron Roberts was talking today. Could Auburn be looking for a corner between now and the start they of the season? They do have three freshmen have three, coming in. They have three freshmen coming in. Coming in. So I, I, and they I, get J.D. Rim back. I mean, if there's, where would an experienced corner think he's going to fit in That's when he true. looks at Auburn's That's depth tough. chart? I mean, because he, he was tough. He was when, sort when, of he was lamenting right. the numbers at the moment, yeah. but those are numbers that are subject to change those, right. yeah, he, between now and the start of the season. When Rim comes back... Him and Kai and Lee, you look as the two backups there at corner. So now you're looking that for gives the, you four. the fifth corner. Right. Right. And it, you figure you can find that from one of the From freshmen. one of the freshmen that's yeah. coming in. Yeah. And, you know, if you get in a pinch, uh, they got a pretty good uh, former Jaylen corner Simpson. playing safety right, right now. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a position where, sure, you'd love to be three deep with SEC talent at every position. Yeah. I, I, I think... Kirby and Nick probably would love to be have every single position. It's a spot they, where they could be third team guy ready to play. It, it's a spot the where SEC. they could be counting on freshman contributions. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. fall though. Yeah, that's an opportunity yeah, there. Absolutely. All right, we're getting to the bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind? Sports wise, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. As we head into the final half hour of the Tuesday drive. and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes here of the Tuesday Drive. Again, Auburn baseball coming up at 6 o'clock. It's, uh, it's the uh, Tigers hosting North Alabama over at uh, Plainsman Park before they uh, get ready to travel down to the number two team in the country of the Florida Gators this weekend. Uh, we were talking uh, some football, talking about uh, you know, some of the things we have, we've learned from watching practice and talking with the coordinators. Got players tomorrow. I don't think we know which players we Not have yet, yet, do we? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, should have players tomorrow. And then uh, tomorrow is, is uh, another big contact day, I believe, practice-wise. Yeah, that's right. They did say they get after a little bit, so that will yeah. be a big day. It's going to be scrimmaging type things. There's going to be full contact tomorrow. And so I have recruit, recruits there again, so it'll it'll be man. That is, that is something. There is it, it has been quite the parade of recruits here on campus. It is, and I think I'm going to write about this this week. But I'm going to make a prediction here that people are going to be very surprised about how good Auburn's 2024 class turns out. I just feel really good about it. Even though Auburn was behind, yeah. they have I mean, they have gotten after it. Really gotten after it and they have they have been bringing some some of the top players 
um, not just in the southeast, but but especially around the southeast in yeah. and, and nationally and back. Too. It seems like yeah. a lot of them come in and come back. Yep, and, and they keep bringing in. There'll be more coming in for a day. Some of them making their second or third trip uh, since January. And I, I think Auburn's going to line up just a who's who of official visits in late May and June. And it's really going to be a fun, fun time to cover Auburn recruiting. I, I just think it's going to be – I just – I don't think Auburn folks who have followed recruiting under Gus and under Brian Harson are ready for what's about to happen. I just don't think they are. I think it's going to be really, really positive. And that was the belief, I mean – when people looked on Hugh, at Hugh Freeze's record and his resume, uh, dating back to his time at Ole Miss and, and at Liberty too, but but the, the Liberty stuff, there's so many extenuating circumstances there. It's tough to compare a, a tenure as a recruiter at Liberty right. to to yeah. a tenure at, at at Auburn. But when when Hugh Freeze was the head coach at Ole Miss, I mean, yes, he also brought in offensive philosophy changes, and he and he you know changed what. They were doing on the field compared to what Houston Nutt had been doing uh, previously, uh, but the the real impact was the injection of talent that Hugh Freeze went out and brought to yep. Ole Miss. And when they made that big jump in year two, it was because Hugh Freeze had brought some impact players in, and you know either that were in their second year with the program or their first year with the program, and it it paid dividends. And that was a different world of college football. Brian, I mean, now you can now you can. I mean, you think about who's joined the Auburn team since Hugh Freeze was hired, right? I mean, now you might see those dividends earlier than year two, uh, if if Hugh Freeze can sort of you know if, if he can solve the puzzles that Auburn has at the moment, at different spots on the roster. Uh, I think they've done a wonderful job so far. They've got a few more boxes to check off, starting with quarterback. Um, I, I thought going back to December first that this was the worst roster I've seen for Auburn since 1999. And the way they've improved it and brought in talent, I think this is a team now that can compete to be have a winning record, you know, win six I, or seven I, games. I think, this, uh, I think the talent, if they, if they add a couple of more spots, I think the talent is there to be able to compete with anybody. And that doesn't mean now that, that – that doesn't mean if they lose a couple of players to injury or things like that. Right. Uh, but uh, – yeah, I, I don't think they are miles behind now. No, I, especially at the line of scrimmage where they had to make up ground. Yes. They made up a ton of ground. That's been the most impressive thing. Yeah. Both both lines. They um, look good. When they you, really do. I sat there and watched the defense twice. Uh, the last two minutes I've been out there, and I just cannot get over how big and athletic some of those guys are. They just really did a great job there. Expectations, I imagine... Will unless if well, unless you know, a new coach usually the well, expectations are going right. to be a little bit more than you would. Well, I, I would think though if, if Auburn if Auburn doesn't add anyone at quarterback or receiver who moves the needle between now and July, I could see Auburn still being picked last in the division at media days because there's too much uncertainty about what they have as a passing offense going into this season and what you saw last year from Robbie and TJ. And if Holden's the starter, the fact that it would be a guy who's played uh, basically no college football in his career before stepping in. That's not to say Auburn couldn't overachieve from those expectations. Uh, but but I would think that if you know, a, lot, a lot of people are going to be skeptical uh, unless Auburn either brings in an established quarterback or one of the quarterbacks on Auburn's roster goes out and plays really well, uh, that there are going to be people sort of waiting to see uh, what kind of improvement Auburn can have, especially offensively. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's got to be a quarterback from the port. I really do. I, I think that can make the biggest difference on mm-hmm. this team. Oh, I think so. Losses. Yeah. yeah. I'd lo- you know what? But but to be clear with all three of the guys, uh, not not to write Hank Brown off uh, at the moment, but, but for the three guys on campus, TJ, Robbie, or Holden, if you told me that they distanced themselves, if any one of them distanced themselves from the other two, and did enough this offseason to have the coaching staff believe they had a real SEC starter on their hands and they could go into a season and compete with one of those three guys. I'd love to see it. Really, I'd, I'd love to see what that looks like and what a you know what what a a confident TJ or Robbie or Holden with the backing of the coaching staff and the team you know fe- feeling like a real number one quarterback going in. Like I'd love to see what that looks like with an offense. Designed by Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery to, uh, to you know, sort of hide the weaknesses and showcase the skills. Like I, I you know, I'd, I'd love to see it, but I, I'm inclined. You know, my suspicion is Brian that you're right, and Hugh Freeze is is probably going to work hard to add someone with a track record as a college football quarterback to the portal. You know, from, from the portal to the team between yeah. now and the start of the season. But I'd love the possibility of you know one of these guys grabbing the job and seizing it and showing. You know they can. You know they they can fit in and, and be a, a number one quarterback in this league. It would be a great story if that happened. Absolutely. And 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 that's why it was it was so interesting to hear and then see a Holden out there, yeah. uh, get, getting some work. He looked pretty good yesterday. Just when I was when I was watching back and forth. He throws a pretty ball. He does. Yep. But I mean, then that's that's a lot of difference. As Hugh Freeze said, there's a lot of difference uh, when you're just throwing against air. Yeah. But I think it also it it may also say something that. Uh, at at least one outgoing receiver requested him to be the the guy throwing to him at pro day. That does say a lot. And we saw him throw pretty accurate balls at pro day, which was good. So I'm anxious to see it, but I'm sticking to my guns. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's the kind of guy that you wouldn't, you know, you'd you'd hope that if you find an experienced quarterback – he he could hang around, be right. you know, be a productive backup who yep. then could step in and have multiple years yeah. as a starter. And then you'd have Hank Brown, you have Walker White here too. Yeah. And then you can have a, a then you a start, really good competition. Yeah, that's what you want. Is a you want a great one in each class. Yeah. You're not going to be able to keep them all forever, nope. but that's right. You know, one, one or two. But if you leave, keep bringing but, one yeah. in every year, yeah. then you should be in good shape. And it feels it feels early. You know, Holden still seems like a young guy who hasn't played very much. And the reason it seems like he hasn't played very much he is because he is. But at the same time, uh, second-year quarterbacks, it's not unprecedented for those guys to make an impact in no, college football. it's usually second-year in a system, though. Second-year in a system, you're right. This is, this is you know... First few months, second year system. in college, second year in college football, first right. year in the system is is a, is a different story. But you know, if, if he's the best guy, uh, then then he will uh, you know he'll 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 get a, a long extended look from this coaching staff, and uh, uh, that that will that'll remain true as long as he's the best guy. And if the room changes and some of these quarterbacks aren't here and there's new quarterbacks in, uh, then then it's a matter of being the best guy. Uh, regardless of who else is in the uh, is in, is sitting there in the room with you. Anything else, uh, Brian? That that you noticed yesterday during our uh, view out there? I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I, I mentioned yesterday. It's not about the players. Again, uh, the, to the facility, the field itself, where all those guys were running around, was amazing. Considering all the rain we had. Oh yesterday. yeah, that's right. I didn't even notice it, but you're uh, absolutely right. It was. I mean, there was a lot. Mission. There was a lot on the artificial. Sure 
turf on the outside of the field. But the field, man, you think about, uh, I mean, I just tried to bring my trash cans in. I pulled my trash cans in, and I couldn't do it across the yard because it had rained so much. It was like stepping into a swamp, into a bog. But the field, I thought, held up really well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I guess we should mention that you need to be careful when you're walking around the facility. There are these big glass panels that you can not not quite notice and run straight into. So. Not me. Yeah, well, nobody in this room. Well, nobody you know what? Right. Nobody I mean, in this room. Running in that place in general <laughs> is probably not, not advised. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, advised I mean, for non-athletes, yes. especially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say we probably need to be going at a reasonable speed, <laughs> you know, at all times. <laughs> well, it probably was a reasonable speed, but not 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 for not for dent-inducing speed as well. Well, it shows the strength, the tensile strength of of the glass. Yeah, that's right. That tough. Yes. All right. Thank, well, thank, thank goodness too, so we can. So we oh can, yeah, so we can laugh about. Oh, it. that would have been that would have been big news. Uh, so fortunately, it was not. All right, we'll 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 get to our final break and stop this silliness. Uh, we'll we'll continue with some other silliness when we come back for the final segment of the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and uh, Brian Matthews. You got Auburn baseball uh, about to get started. Let's see, softball swept. How about that? Over the uh, weekend. That's good. good. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Well, so- softball picked up the wins. You've got the Final Four this weekend with some... Yeah, we haven't talked not, about that. With, about that? With, with, everybody's, with, with everybody's favorite four teams. Yeah, in. of course. Yeah, everybody had that, right? My, you uh, know, Miami... Well, who, is, who is the biggest surprise? Oh. Is it... Like, Got to be Florida Atlantic, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty surprising that San Diego State made it because I don't think that many people had them. At yeah, the it's sort of a shame game. for them that Florida Atlantic's in, or right. they'd be the Cinderella. But San Diego State has had success. I mean, they were they were a they were top ten, top fifteen team for most of the twenty twenty season, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty season. They were probably going to be a one seed when the when the tournament was called off in twenty twenty. Kawhi yeah, Leonard right. played there a decade ago. So I mean, San Diego State's had. Some some runs where they were relevant nationally. FAU with KT Harrell, um, mm, you know we, right. we've been saying we've been saying his name. You know, here's the deal. I here's we called him KT for so long. I genuinely did forget how to say his last name. But I watched him play a lot when he was here at Auburn. Uh, KT Harrell, the uh, uh, director of basketball operations uh, down in uh, down in Boca Raton, nice. uh, has has got them in the uh, in the final four. And one of those two is playing for a championship. Yeah, no, nobody saw FAU coming. I mean, no, it, it, it's it, even though they won thirty five games yeah. this year. I mean, I think part of it's probably skepticism in how much. I mean, how, how much Conference USA basketball are people really watching? It's a it's a league that only sent one team to the NCAA's UAB. Has had a a phenomenal, phenomenal year, phenomenal yeah. nit. Shout out to yeah. Andy Kennedy and the uh, and the. And he the has won Jelly. Yeah, they have a player named they have a player named Jelly. Oh yeah, they, and they wouldn't call him that during the broadcast the other night. It's what? like, come on, oh come on. But but no, um, uh, Andy Kennedy has won more games in his first two years than any two year than, than in any back to back seasons in UAB history. I mean, so he is, he's already blown away 
Gene Bartow's two best back-to-back seasons. Thought, I thought they had a chance uh, to win. As good as FAU had been, I thought UAB had a chance to win that conference tournament and sneak into the NCAAs. And had they snuck into the NCAAs, I, Who knows? Think, they, I think they would have been throwing punches right there with, with everybody else. But, yeah, you know, the, the team, UConn has looked like a Final Four team for much of this season, and, and there are folks yeah. who had you know who had them. In, Weren't they number one for a week? Yeah, they, they were they were in the top five. Or they, two, I don't, I don't know if yeah, two I don't, as high as they got. I don't know if they. Got I knew they one, came but. very close, and everybody who hit number one lost. And Miami, uh, Auburn in particular, yeah. I think understands the potential of this Miami program after running into them last season mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. And all they did was go out and get two or three of the top players on the board in the transfer portal. Nor Chad O'Meara, who gets talked about a lot uh, here here on this show, or for, for Sun Belt Player of the Year at Arkansas State. Who uh, was was in the portal ended up at our, at Miami had a great season and then the one the, uh, the the kid from Kansas State was like maybe the most Caleb Williams is probably the single most high profile NIL switch you know sort of deal that we've had in in college sports yeah. since this started but that Kansas State player made his his bid you know he made the the bidding process pretty public is it, is it Nigel Pack yes, yes. The, the Kansas State the Kansas State guard who. Who decided? Yeah, you know, basically said, "I'm I'm going to the team that that offers me the most money," and he chose Miami, and signed uh, you know what seven hundred fifty eight hundred thousand. And Jim Laranega had some things to say about nil transparency. You know, I would encourage folks to go look at those quotes because he, he's saying that the, uh, the 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 most important thing or one of the most important things is you know we we, we know how much these these athletes are making. I, I did I did hear some uh, someone else talking about. Uh, nor Chad O'Meara today. Yeah, he said that yes, he is at Miami because he got a quarter of a million dollars. That's right. This year. That's right. And you were calling for him to come to Auburn. You didn't chip in enough. I did not. I did not. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I had. Uh, I was out of. I was uh, out a quarter million dollars to spend on <laughs> basketball prospects that week. Uh, but the uh, uh, no, that was that was the belief that the was uh, John Ruiz, I believe, was the gentleman's name who's been who's been linked to a lot of this. The Miami booster, mm-hmm. who, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he went out and, and did what he can through his through his resources. Well, they're in the final and, four, and, and and here they are in the final four. Which I wonder if that will inspire other eccentric millionaires and billionaires out there mm-hmm. to uh, kick in a lot of money because it's it's difficult to quantify, especially for like an FAU. How big this could be for their university, mm-hmm. not just the money that you get from final four shares or you know whatever you know final four units game units you know how they how they decide how much money people get from their their time in the NCAA tournament, but the exposure to people who maybe didn't know or didn't know very much about Florida Atlantic that are going to find out about this. School. I mean, you think about what they could do to applications or what, sure. what it could do to. I mean, it, it, this could be a a really significant event in the history of that school. Yeah, and the Florida so FAU and San Diego State is the first game followed by UConn and Miami. Who who you like, Brian? Uh, the way UConn just destroyed Gonzaga, I just cannot. Yeah, I mean, I want one of the other three teams to win because UConn's I think got what four in the last fifteen twenty years, something like that. So, but yeah, yeah, they should. I mean, but it's been it's been a wild tournament. Uh, we don't have very many schools in the modern era. With a football championship and a basketball championship, a men's basketball championship and a football championship in the last forty years, fifty years. You know, think about someone who's won Florida. both. Florida's done it. Um, UConn could potentially, or not, not at you, Miami. UConn, Miami, Miami could, could potentially yeah. do it with a win. Yeah, Miami, the UConn. I forgot that year UConn won the the, <laughs> foot, the football title. We've had we've had programs had programs get close. You know, lo- losing championship games in one or the other. Georgia Tech. 
has a Georgia Tech has a national championship, right? From the they tied in nineteen ninety. Ninety, they claim, yeah. and then they lost. I think a championship game to UConn in the, in the last uh, you know in, in the last twenty years or so. But no, it, it's not not very many schools can can say no. no hey, last right. last few you know last few decades we've won a title in both sports. Miami is knocking at the door of something like that if they can uh, if they can win the next well, if two. They, if they beat UConn, they'll be favored to win it all. Yeah, yeah Florida they will definitely be favored because the winner of that ball game is going to be favored. You over think the, about uh, San Diego State FAU win? How rare it is for programs to even have two, you know, a championship in each. UCLA, oh, yeah. I think UCLA claims well, I, but one football, way but the, back. I believe the football title. I don't think would be recent. I don't. No, no. Unless, I think it was in the '60s. Yeah, I don't think Aikman Aikman didn't win one, so it would be. Uh, uh, no, I mean, so, but you th- and, and you think Florida Florida did it in the same school year? Mm-hmm. Like Florida had that Florida had that season in in oh five oh six. I mean, and they've they also the, they uh, they also uh, haven't they won a baseball title as well since then? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, they have the triple crown of national championships. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty incredible. And and Miami, if if they can bring a national championship home to uh, to to you know bring it take those talents They're, to South Beach. Bring that to to Coral Gables, uh, that would be huge. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not not the final four anybody expected. Brian, You're taking your talents to South Beach? But not 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 quite. Okay. Brian, let yeah let everybody know one more time how they can uh, get all the great info you guys have. Yeah, just check us out auburnsports.com. Follow me on Twitter at bmatau. We are out of time here on the uh, Tuesday Drive. Our thanks to uh, Brian for joining us. Uh, let's see, Jason Caldwell joined.